in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Level Playing Field podcast, episode 14. Episode 14. Anything happened this week? Quite a lot happened this week. Now, a lot of you listening will know of the UK artist Chip. Now, Chip is essentially a veteran in the UK rap scene. Grime MC. Yeah, despite being very young still. And Mm. there is some fresh beef that is brewing between Chip and Stormzy. He put out two tracks this week, didn't he? He did, yeah. Flowers and Killer MC. Now, to trace back to the origins of this beef... This goes back to about March time when Chip was on a when Chip released a song called Ways off of his joint album with Skepta and Young Ads, Insomnia, and in that song were some very subtle shots directed towards someone. Now, some people, including Stormzy, interpreted it as sends as a send for Stormzy. Now, in return, mm. Stormzy was featured on two tracks, I Don't Know by Dutchavelli and Tion Wayne, and Ain't It Different by Heady One and AJ Tracy. And in his verse for both songs were some subtle shots, well, I say subtle, not so subtle shots, coming back at Chip. And then, very recently, a video surfaced on the internet of Stormzy and three of his boys pulling up in Stormzy's Black Lambo outside Chip's house where Chip's sister Damn. was actually filming this and was being like, why are you pulling up to my, to, to, to my house? <laughs> you know? And basically, that's kind of when this all set off. And so, yeah. just to bring you back up to speed, this week, Chip released Killer MC and he released Flowers about 20 minutes after Killer MC. And yeah. both tracks are straight Stormzy disses. And oh my God, I, ca- I can't really explain how brutal these are he he's essentially <laughs> cementing himself as one of the most lethal you know pen games in the yeah, uk they're, they're amazing the like they're they're fucking sick and that's the thing when when it was wily stormzy came back very quickly you know mm. they, they did the uh 48 48 hours thing didn't they yep uh and i think that's just because Wiley's a lot easier target, you know. Storms crackhead Wiley. That's that's how Stormzy could paint him as, you know, just this like crazy old guard guy. Whereas Chip is is a much more similar exactly. age on the pen game. I don't think Stormzy's quite no. Chip's level even. You, you see, know, St- Stormzy had the the youth vote, if you will, when he was yeah. going against Wiley. But now, now he's pl- now that he is going against Chip, Stormzy knows. Chip is the better lyricist. And I'll, I'll yeah. comfortably say that Chip is one of my favourite MCs lyrically in the UK. And I don't think that many rappers can touch him. And so I, mm. I think Stormzy knows this and he's probably regretting some 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 of his actions right now because he's still not replied to <laughs> Chip. And, yeah. you know, every day he doesn't reply. The question is, will that affect his credibility as an MC or or not? Who knows? Yeah. I suppose this is where the whole grime MC versus pop star thing he's coming into it. Yeah, definitely. I think if he doesn't respond, he's losing a lot of that credibility he got with the Wiley <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the, the way I see it from where I'm sitting, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. You know, if he doesn't <laughs> respond, people are going to be like, oh, Stormzy, <laughs> he didn't respond. If he does respond, there is no way it's going to touch whatever 
you know, Chip responds with or, you know, for that matter, what he's already put out. So pretty, Stormzy's fucked pretty much, basically. But respect to Stormzy, yeah. it's all good. But Chip is so much better. <laughs> I hope he does respond, but it's not looking likely. It will be very entertaining, I will say that. So, our first album this week is by Idols, and it's called Ultramono. Mm. So good, I remember the name. Whoa, <laughs> that's, that's rare, man. Watch That's the sound of the sword going in. love idols man like mm. all throughout lockdown they have been the band that i've wanted to see so much their music is the loud rock punk energy mm. but their lyrics are like progressive and nice. you know inspiring and yeah just yeah it's it's a it's a weird mix but it's it works so well yeah. yeah and it's it's they're fucking beautiful man I, they're probably my favorite band at the moment fair enough man i mean for me Prior to this album, I'd never actually sat down and listened to one of their full lengths, but I'd heard enough of their songs to to like them. And I also really enjoyed their Tiny Desk concert. I thought that was very good. However, mm. I wouldn't have called myself a proper fan up until this point. You know, they, they just hadn't fully clicked with me. So I was I was interested to see whether this would whether this would convert me. Um, but you you mentioned the the, the musical side of of idols now. What what genre would you class this as? Punk? I guess punk, yeah. Would you say you're a punk fan? Not not necessarily. I like the energy. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Because for me, I, I grew up on a lot of punk rock, so it's always been a pretty big part of my life. And if you if you know the, the, the band Slaves, they became my favourite band around the time that they released their first album, which was 2015. While I still love and I have a lot of respect for, for them and what they've brought to the scene... You know, and I've seen them three times. I've not heard anything, mm. anything since uh, that album. Well, since Slaves, that has that same spirit and energy. You know, and I think a lot of the 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 energy of the original punk rock that was coming out in the seventies and stuff, that's been yeah. channeled into rap and hip hop more lately, Definitely. as opposed to to loud guitars. And while that's given us a lot of great music, a lot of great artists, mm. a lot of great albums, you know even artists like slow tie and that's opened a lot of doors i feel it's taken over taken over from guitars and that that is where idols come in um they are they are one of the hottest bands on the uk scene at the moment and i think slaves has passed has passed that torch to them which i'm all for so did this album deliver and prove them worthy is the question yeah well speaking of hip-hop we've got kenny beats here oh yeah on yes we do additional production i believe is his role i'm not i'm not actually too sure what he's done on this album but it sounds good so <laughs> it all sounds great and yeah that that's the thing about idols i remember them saying that uh, a lot of their influences are like kanye west or mm. you know yeah. people like that they take influence from everywhere the first track we'll, we'll get onto in a sec the the first lyric on this album is watching that's the sound of the sword going in that's what? a fucking wu-tang <laughs> reference like, beautiful it's it's amazing yeah so it's a melting you know, this pot. is this very much yeah melting pot for real crosses, yeah. like 
you know, we're hip hop heads, but this I think is universal. Like no matter what genre you're into, absolutely, this is incredible. So yeah, let's go straight to that to that first song, War. What do you think of this, mate? Very explosive intro and a very strong start. The yeah, the 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 intro riff that's insane, and then all the guitars come in, and you're just like. Whoa! Is that da na 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 na? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then it all just drops out. The vocals come back in. And what's yeah. great about that is it makes the whole song incredibly dynamic, and it instantly mm. commands your attention. You know, it boldly states that idols are not to be fucked with. You are in this shit for the next forty three minutes, and you must turn your speakers yeah. up. It's a fuckload of energy in this song, and I love it. Hundred percent. I completely agree, man. And like. Every part, every instrument is insane. The drummer, mm. like I couldn't help oh, doing like air drums with my hands during this. Like, there's, there's, it's insane. There's this one drum fill. There's massive drum fill before one of the wars, and that's one of my yeah, yeah. favorite moments of the whole album because it's just so. It's incredible. It's just so, mm, you know, and 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 that's in the first few minutes of the album, which is exactly mm. what you want from you know this this kind of style. So yeah, great start. And then, we get we get onto the chorus and it, it's it kind of introduces the theme of like inner conflict mm. and that kind of thing. You know, it, this means war, anti-war. It's it's it introduces it to the theme of the album. This the idea of inner conflict. A lot of this album is is idols kind of therapizing, releasing all their frustration. You know, I got it's, I got it's very that as well. cathartic. You know, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about grounds? Track two. What do you think of this? grounds i love this song this was one of the singles and i think it's amazing it's got this i don't know if it's synth for guitar that that first rhythm that plays i'm pretty sure uh, it's but guitar. it sounds incredible um and yeah it's it's just followed by these loud stabby guitars afterwards musically it's amazing but i think even better than that the lyrics on this song you know it opens up with the line you will not catch me staring at the sun which could be interpreted as the sun or Oy, could be interpreted as the I didn't catch that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, I missed um, that. And then, yeah, there's Fifi, Fife, Fife, Fofo, Farm. I smell the blood of a million sons, a million daughters from a hundred thousand guns, not taught by our teachers on our curriculum. Whoa. That is so powerful. Because I, a lot of this album is like stuff I think... And it feels like they've pulled it out of my head and are shouting it that's to the like best. punk guitar. That's the best. It's, that's the best kind, I, man. Like you, you mentioned that straight away you didn't connect with this. Mm. I feel like I've been searching for this. Fair enough, <laughs> man. For years. Fair enough. Like I've got such a connection with it, and yeah, it's the lyrics are incredible. Everything, man. So I raise my pink fist and say, "Black is beautiful." The way he like the power he's very that yeah line. yeah very emotive so good it's, yeah incredible fair man I mean yeah same as you pretty much I thought that main that main intro riff that that just that descending riff that doom doom yeah, yeah that was extremely hard and it was it's complemented perfectly by the that super thick second riff that comes in dun 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 exactly <laughs> and the drums as well man you mentioned the drummer on the last track so did i but again mm. here they're not too intricate they just sound very angry and yeah. yeah everything just sounds fat i love how they switch between sections and they they make the hot the song just very interesting to listen to 
and I don't know if this was around this, this was around 2.30 and I don't know if this is a a guitar or, or a synth of sorts in the left ear but it's this little wah 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 kind of sound sounds fucking dirty but anyway mm. yeah this shit is it's, 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 it's a balance and this goes for a lot of these songs it's a balance between raw simple you know and aggressive and unfiltered and intricate you know somewhere in the middle between the two which I yeah. think is very hard to pull off right but they've achieved that so far yeah and I just the whole like sentiment of the song that strength in numbers vibe of like mm. organising I think is it's perfect for real it's beautiful. Man. So the next track is Mr. Motivator, mm. and this is such a banger, man! Like Fucking it was the first single that come mm. that came out. It's so catchy. It's great. It's just loud and fun. Let's seize the day. All hold hands. Chase the pricks away. This is. There's so much comedy in the lyrics, and like yeah, like yeah. Conor McGregor with a samurai sword on rollerblades. It it's amazing. It's beautiful, man. And I think this is one of those songs that that grabs you from the first note and i think that yeah. if, if you weren't into this album you know if you weren't feeding this album up until now this will catch your attention for sure yes and I, I wanted to comment as well on the guitars here you know because there's a lot going on and they're very layered and there's a mm. lot of stuff happening but it never feels overcrowded just fat you know Verse two, you know, I really love that note that just rings in the left ear. And there are all these little intricacies going on everywhere. And that is testament to both the guitarist, you know, and, you know, his ability mm. to arrange and write effectively. And also the producer, man, because this shit, it's, it's hard to get guitars right. I can tell you that, you know, because mm. it's so easy to just have them sound cluttered and just messy. But yeah, these guitars... None of that. They just sound perfect fat yeah. and thick and perfect for the for the sake of the song. So mm. yeah, man, guitars are fucking awesome. The the main riff Definitely. as well. I just want to say it's incredible, and they build upon it very effectively. And what's great is yeah. that it's never compromised for the sake of bells and whistles, <clears throat> which a lot of yeah. a lot of bands do. Um, not the case here. So yeah, awesome song. Uh, next is anxiety mm. and this is an interesting one because to me it just sounded like joe the lead singer like therapizing that's the only word i can use like he's just shouting anxiety as loud as possible with all the guitars and everything going off getting out it it's beautiful yeah i love it and i thought that this rolled on from the energy from mr motivator seamlessly great yeah. great great transition um I did like that the bass took center stage in this in in this song, mm. especially at the start, and the rest of the band were just chopping in here and there. And one th one thing I really, really, really loved about this song is that the whole instrumental just you know it felt like he was having having a panic attack. You know, it felt a bit skits itself. You know, because it kept yeah. cutting to and from sections, and it was just very very jagged and and you know, and it was just steadily going a bit crazy towards the end where at the very end he's just straight up having a mental breakdown the whole thing just goes insane <laughs> and i, I think yeah. it's 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 amazing the way that they've done that it's very very cleverly structured arranged written and yeah 
every emotion that he's feeling very effectively channeled through. Love it. I feel like if you have bad anxiety and you put this song on loud in your headphones, you can do anything. Real <laughs> shit, man. It's Problem solved. Like, he's just shouting all of it out. Like he's getting all of that out just by shouting. That's the way it feels. It's a release. It's it's like it's contagious, you know. Like mm. you you get that confidence from listening exactly. to this. It's that's what good music does. Insane. You know, it's conveying <laughs> one emotion to the listener through the medium of yeah. music. Very nicely done. Uh, that takes us to kill them with kindness. Yeah, I love. What do you one. think of this? This was one of my favorites on the album. Um, we start off with a very nice, soft, pretty piano, which is a very stark contrast. Oh, mother! I said contrast. Fuck! It's happening. I'm going northern. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> right. So, we start off with a very nice, soft, pretty piano, which is a very, very stark contrast to anxiety. And then, this riff, and these drums just come out of nowhere, and I fuck with it mm. a lot. You know, it's just so it's just in your face. It's loud, and it's um it's Jamie a- Cullum is the pianist. He's mm. a UK jazz pianist. Ooh, nice. Apparently, they met. And he said to them, let me know if you need any piano on the album. And they said, we don't, but we definitely do now. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I like that. read that in the interview. Also, I think in this song, the guitar solos, man. There are two standout guitar solos in this song. Might be some of my favorite solos on the album. Um, There's one before verse two. And there's the final one. And both are just extremely fucking stinky man they're fucking insane mm. so this is a proper proper screw face song but that takes us on to model village oh yeah I like and this, one. this is probably my favorite damn okay. it's definitely top top two okay um but there's so much energy to this the video as well i'd recommend watching yes by michael gondry who did a lot of the white stripes mm-hmm. videos it this song is so good man mm. it's again it's like they're pulling lyrics out of my head it <laughs> politically it highlights a lot of the problems that you have with white middle class people and it's it's brilliant man it's so good absolutely and you know musically it's another yet another amazing intro and riff and that's something that that's that's a constant throughout this album every song yeah. has an amazing intro and then just some amazing riffs that just come later. And they, they've they nailed mm. that on this album, especially in this song. This is a proper, proper hype song. And one thing I noticed as well is that there's a little key switch for the chorus. And I think that that actually works really nicely in this song. It is, it's a similar yeah. thing to Time Machine by Alicia Keys, which we looked at last week. But I think that this one pulls it off a lot more naturally, a lot more effectively. It's a lot mm. more seamless. But yeah, the drums in here, very punchy. The solo in the breakdown is fire. And there's this panning there's this panning riff from ear to ear at about three minutes. Very cheeky, very disgusting. I love it. it and, and the chorus, man, it's like, you know, the I beg your pardon. I don't care about your rose garden. I'm listening to the things you said. You just sound like you're scared to death. It's like taking frustrations that, they've been feeling mm. and that i've been feeling yeah and just fucking screams it out loud it's it's so good. very therapeutic man 
fucking love this album. <laughs> it, is, it is good, yeah. Uh, let's go on to track seven. Ne touche pas moi. Ne touche pas moi. We we we, we both took French for three years at school, so so we know that this title means don't touch me. Well, I I fell asleep in in lessons. Yeah, I don't remember any French. Oh, uh, you got the <laughs> you got to sandwich the noun between the ne and the pas if it's a negative. I I can t- touche like touch <laughs> moi me. It's, it's pretty easy to Let's... tell like. If I didn't do three years of French. Well, I've not actually looked this up. I'm just going off my memory. So if I fuck this up, it's going to be quite embarrassing. I think it's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Anyway, what did you think of this song? Because I thought this was an interesting one. I thought this followed on very well from Model Village. And I actually Mm. really liked how they made the sentiment of the song flow by means of putting it into French. I thought that was a very clever way of writing the chorus, and I thought I thought it worked really well. I also I also yeah. really liked the consent consent uh, being shouted throughout the song. I really loved the delay that was trailing off before the the consent at about two minutes. I thought that was just sounded really yeah. thick, and I thought that the final drum fill, the final drum fill in the song, insane. Best drum feel so far. Mm. No, this this is an insane song as well. It's mm. the that opening line of "This is a sawn off for the cat callers." That bit I loved. Um, it just feels like you know an anti-harassment anthem, but in the best possible way. It's just mm. loud and exactly. fucking with the punk energy. Uh, it's it's like a, a topic that punk hasn't covered, and mm. w- which makes it very unique. You know, I feel like a lot. Of, this is going to trigger a lot of people. But it's very intentional in that, you know. Mm, absolutely, man. The breaking new cool. ground. Should we go on to carcinogenic? Oh yeah, yes, yes. Let's. So carcinogenic. Listening through to this, this was my favorite song at this point in the album. I'm just gonna say it mm. straight. I really loved the spacey guitar. I really loved the the bass line with the drums when that comes in. Nasty. I really loved when he went. You only die once. You'll never come back. You know. I love how the riff pauses. You know, just for yeah. for impact. You know, stop, start. Beautifully done. I think as well. This this whole song was a statement on how normal lifestyles are carcinogenic in themselves. You know, i.e., they're slowly killing you. I love this track. I think carcinogenic is like a more PC way of just saying shit is fucking cancer. <laughs> Literally, man. Literally. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, the the lyrics in here are so relevant. Mm. It's insane. Like getting minimum wage while your boss takes a raise as he lies for his brand new teeth. He is carcinogenic, overworking, working nurses and teachers while you preach austerity is carcinogenic. Mm. It's so poignant to like Yeah, man. Just everything, especially now after COVID, you know, it's it's a lot of the frustrations that people have, but this this takes it to a level where it's therapeutic in shouting it out and making yeah. it loud, and it it's so much better than complaining on Twitter. This has definitely <laughs> been released at a good time as well because I think this whole COVID situation is is it's really showing a lot of people's true colours, and for mm. this to come out now it's just a perfect commentary i think oh no yeah the timing's spot on absolutely so what about rains i thought it was really good throughout this album the riffs just keep getting better and better with each track and that's a case in point here i really loved Mm. the doomed apocalyptic sounding guitars 
you know they, they just sounded so it's a nice way to describe yeah, it yeah yeah and i really loved the breakdown at about three minutes i thought it was it was very suspenseful it was very energetic and it was very tense and you know it left you it left you wondering where it's going to go and then there's this, there's mm. this beautiful release of tension into the final chorus and it, it was amazing and i really love the lyric how does it feel to have won the war that nobody wants Be yeah banging banging lyric but yeah great song again another one of my favorites and now we get to 11 a hymn mm. which is probably the song i've listened to the most from the really? album i keep coming back to this one it's just it's so beautifully like somber melancholic mm. and existential it's beautiful man it's it's it, it feels like it's building up all the way through and it gets really loud at one point mm. but it still maintains that same feeling and then the lyrics in this like the the, the main refrain is i want to be loved everybody does mm. and i think that's it's mm. beautiful you can tell that this song is different from the other 11 just by listening to the intro you know and yeah. you've got this spacey tremolo riff that starts to come in. You know, you've got the hi-hats coming in. And this whole song's very suspenseful. You know, it can go in many directions. And then when the bass line and the vocals come in, it grabs your attention. It doesn't just grab it, it commands your attention. And finally, yeah. we have some we have more bass in this track. Because I my, my only criticism of this album is that I felt that the bass was a bit too low. But here the bass. The bass uh, had had a bit more of a key role in the song, which I thought was really nice. But overall, I thought that this track built up really well. Yeah, as I said, it's, you're not sure where yeah. it's going to go, which makes it very interesting to listen to. And I also thought this was a very necessary change of pace in the album. And it was mm. it was placed very well in the track list as the penultimate song, which tells you that the journey that you've been on is coming to an end. Yeah. And it comes to an end with track 12 bunker what'd you think of this yeah so i thought instrumentally this is one of the most interesting tracks on the album there's all sorts going on it's like a barrage mm. of just beautiful noise and it, it sounds crazy there's like also it, it like it sounds like mainly guitars but the way they've done the sounds sound it's it's i don't know i'm running out of words to describe it it's just noisy and beautiful. Noisy and beautiful. It's all you need for this yeah. album, pretty much. I mean, yeah. The, the, what I like about this song is that the build from uh, the build from a hymn is coming to a climax, and that is this song. Again, mm. the intro and the build up, as with pretty much all the other songs in this song, amazing. The band is just going crazy on this song, and you can tell yeah. it's the last song because it does feel like the climax, the ultimate song of the album it switches from it just is. sick riff to to sick riff and to more sick riffs you know that's that's the best way i can put it i love the one around one minute especially and they just keep getting better throughout the song um yeah i yeah. said like some of these songs feel like they're very cathartic like the band's taking out their frustrations here's like they're going all out like just all the limits are off just going for it for real man um I think the vocals come in so nicely when everything else drops yes. out. That's That was really, really cleverly done. I think that the drums on this song, and particularly the Tom films, the Tom fills, they're all banging. Um, once again, that yeah. main riff is is insane. But, you know, to sum up this album, 
the you know you need an amazing outro for your last song and this song delivers on that the outro is fire it's straight fire and it sums <laughs> up the whole good. album perfectly and yeah yeah you get to the end of this song and you're like damn that did not feel like 43 minutes that just felt like mm. a very high octane roller coaster ride yeah great conclusion Couldn't agree more great conclusion so overall, I thought this album was amazing. I thought it was incredible. I thought sonically, it sounded loud and beautiful. Mm. Lyrically, it takes out a lot of the frustrations that I've been feeling and a lot of people have been feeling, especially poignant in a time of like Boris and Trump. It, you need something like this to <laughs> bring you back to 100%. like... Yeah, because it, it's it's weird, like living in a time like this, where you know the right wing politics seem to have taken over, and that's all you see in the news. And you need something like this just to bring it back and feel, make you feel like you're not the only one with these feelings. Well, you, well, know? you know, it's interesting it, you say that because because that was that. that was the inspiration behind a lot of the original punk when punk was just becoming a thing in yeah. the seventies. And what I really liked about this album, well, one of the things I really liked about this album was they've clearly studied the punk genre because they pull off the sound and the attitude incredibly well, yet it still manages to sound original. It manages to, it manages yeah. to sound like their own stuff. You know what's weird? I was thinking the other day that, um, you know, satire has kind of died out because it's so ridiculous, the time we're living in with like, <laughs> yeah. Boris and Trump. That's a good point, man. Um, exactly. They brought back Spitting Image. I don't know if you saw this. It was that old puppet show where they make fun of politicians. And the new version of it is so terrible. Really? And that's just because how do you make Trump funnier than he actually is? Exactly. You, you can't do it. It's like it's, real life is just a... Trump. Yeah, real life is just a shit reality TV show pretty much. And that's where we need punk more than ever. 100%. Because you can't poke fun at it anymore because it's making it it's like i don't know it's no, insane yeah. how it's happening in itself this, this, so now you just yeah. need to be completely anti that exactly and, exactly yeah and yeah but i think that with with idols you know what they've done is well the sentiment behind a lot of the the original punk in the 70s was exactly what you've just said you know it was you know the frustrations of 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 real life you know politics and the system and all of that but over here, they've yeah. they've kept that same spirit. But you know, instead of simply simply focusing on the energy and just getting out of their frustration, you know, where back in the day, a lot of those artists, you know, I'm thinking of, of bands like Misfits, for example, Legends, you know, but it didn't great sound. It didn't sound great sonically because that was the whole point. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. we are we are some people just making some fucking noise and getting our frustrations out. But here in 2020. This album shows that they, you know, they can utilize their clear understanding of music as a language, and they've also clearly gone for producers that are able that are able to bring that to life without trashing mm. and just sucking the soul out of it. And the producers on this album, by the way, are Adam Greenspan and Nick Launay. Um, so they did a really good job. But yeah, Idols, they've 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 definitely done the punk genre proud and. They've brought something new to it. Yeah. I, I never felt that any moment was lacking musically. Um, no, that's the yeah. thing. You know, like a lot of albums, you can feel like, oh, we've heard this genre exactly. to death. Exactly. Like, 
Can can you give us something add different? a few new instruments it in here? It sounds fresh. Like what? It sounds clean and yeah, fresh. Yeah, this 100%. Yeah. And they do that with guitars and drums and basses and that's exactly. it. Exactly. Well, let's score it. Let's do it. Because uh, time. What are you scoring but, it? Uh, for me, I think 9 out of 10. Damn. And I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if it's higher or lower. So I'm going to go with 9 because that feels solid. Fair enough. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Um, and the reason that's very interesting is because I've also given it a 9 out of 10. So we are in agreement. That's not interesting. We'd we are in agreement. We are much. in agreement. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I kind of want to give it higher. Yeah, you want to. Go, go into decimal place. We call it 9.5, so I'm different. Okay, now we're going on to our first album report. Ever. This is going to be Seth talking about the new Taylor Swift album, Folklore. Yes. And I couldn't be bothered to listen to it, quite frankly, which is why I won't be talking about it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm excited to hear w- your take on it and okay. and what you thought. This this format's going to be... If you've ever done a book report for school <laughs> and uh, you, your teacher questioned you about a book that you didn't really read, but, <laughs> but this time Seth has listened to the album and I haven't. Mate, all Sorry. those English lessons are coming in handy now. <laughs> Finally. Right. Should we okay. should we get into it? Do you want to introduce us? What tell us a bit about this album? Right, so uh Taylor Swift. In case you have not heard of Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is a singer. She is probably one of the most famous pop singers uh, on the planet. However, that's not how mm. she started out. She actually started out as a country artist in the Nashville scene in about yep. two thousand and seven. And then she kind of made the transition to becoming a pop megastar in about 2012. So the early, the early teens. She released the album Red in 2012, which was essentially that transition from country to pop stardom. And that had songs like I Knew You Were Trouble, 22, you know, shit that everyone knows. When we were in school, when we were in secondary school, like she was huge. In like yeah, unavoidable. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, the thing is, I've always appreciated her ear for melody i've Mm. always i I think she knows how to make a catchy song and that is a very good merit to have in the pop industry so while it's not the kind of thing i blast all day every day she's got some songs that i really like listening to in 2014 she released an album called 1989 which was her first full-fledged pop album and it is the only single album of hers that i've listened to quite a few times and actually quite enjoy just because of the quality of the production, you know, how sonically pleasing it is, and mm. melodically, you know, from a pop songwriting perspective, it is really good. So would, would you consider yourself part of the T-Swift fandom? <laughs> nah, not quite. Not quite. But, okay, you know... Okay, but you, you do like that album. That, that particular album, yes, but that's the only one where I think it is a solid project all the <laughs> way through. I think the, right. two, the two albums she released after that reputation and lover i listened to reputation when it came out out of morbid curiosity because i thought the singles were shit yeah and i thought it was just a huge mess with good production pretty much and the album before this lover i I never bothered with it because i thought the singles she she released a single with brendan yuri from panic in the disco i thought i was was a panic fan up until that point (laughs) (laughs) yeah it, it, it was not good um needless to say 
So going into this album, I'd heard only good things, really. I heard that she was transitioning from pop to indie now, like a kind of folk indie territories, which is kind of a th- her third genre that she's she's mm. foraying into. However, one name I noticed is absent from this album. Kanye West. Oh, that too. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you imagine? That would have sorry, been sorry. perfect. Still sound better than his new song. But anyway. <laughs> um, nah, but Max Martin, he's a Swedish producer and he's probably one of the biggest names in pop production. He did 1989, which is why it sounded so fucking good. Um, but you mm. can definitely hear the difference in sound without him. So the fact that she's going in a new stylistic direction with this album which is produced mostly by a man called Aaron Destner who is the guitarist of the band The National means that this could be something that no one ever expected Taylor Swift to drop so yeah that's a that's a brief background yeah of this from, album from like Swift. an outsider perspective it looked like reputation just trying to get a bit more edgy that's and exactly Lover what went, it, yeah Lover went a bit more bubblegum pop like exactly literally bubblegum pop that that's that's what and it felt like yeah reputation was like she was trying to jump on trends and you know just create something like oh I'm, I'm taylor swift i'm so hard you know i'm right and it just didn't work in my opinion um she even got future on a feature i don't know why anyone thought taylor swift and future and ed sheeran <laughs> would be a good combination on the track wait future but, and ed sheeran is that yes that's right a song yes it's, no way it's it's not good i can it tell you that well. yeah it's not good. Um, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. You you see what I mean. Like Even just looking at the track list, you can tell she's trying to go edgy. It's not going to work. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, from what I heard from her last album, as I said, I didn't listen to the full thing. Uh, I, I don't think I really need to, to be honest. Because um, it just... Yeah. Everything, I, I had to flick through it, and it's just sickly, sickly pop. <laughs> really not right. good. So, yeah, her last two albums... Not good. The album before that, 1989, I thought was really good. And before that, it's just the Taylor Swift everyone knew growing up, or everyone our age anyway. But Should yeah, let's get into this it. new album then, Folklore. Let's, let's get into it. Folklore. Right, so the first three tracks on this album, The One, Cardigan, and The Last Great American Dynasty. Um, these are all very soft and very mellow very very soft guitars pianos and very very luscious melodies going on now there's not much Mm. in the way of interesting sounds and interesting textures and that immediately tells us the vibe of the album is not going to be you know focused on sonics it's going to be very a very songwriting very lyrical very melodic album I've noticed something as well. What's that? This, this, these, this track list has some explicit markers on it. Yes. And just looking through the rest of her discography, I'm struggling to find any other. Well, yeah, that's that, that's warnings. a good point because one of the first lyrics on or track number one, the one is "I'm on some new shit." Well, the first time I heard that, I thought Taylor Swift was trying to be a bit edgy, you know, because that's that's different for sounds. Taylor Swift. <laughs> That edgy vibe carries through on a few tracks on this album. Right. But I wouldn't say it is a constant. But there's definitely the odd lyric here and there, which I just know has been used for like some teenage girls' Instagram captions 
<laughs> just all over the planet. So so there is that. But right. one thing that I will say before I make any more criticisms of Taylor Swift is that no matter what you think of her songwriting, her lyrics, it works for her. She's got a lot of fans out of it. Made her a shitload of money. So I honestly can't say I blame her. But it's it's not the kind of thing that, you know, if you're into it crazy sounding shit, this probably isn't <laughs> going to be your thing. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm just okay, putting so that out there. So you, you gave some Father John Misty comparisons. Now, I, I love Father John Misty yeah, because yeah. he creates these like grand sounding, like existential, incredible albums. Mm. What What's in this gave you that, that feel? Well... I initially said that just to give you a rough idea of the feel, like as in the soft guitars, the soft pianos and stuff like that, because I'm not normally yeah. a big listener of of this style of music. And while Father John Misty, he has some amazing work and it's all a lot of it is very grand. He's also got a lot of soft songs, you know, kind of ballad yeah. songs. And that was kind of the vibe that I was getting from a lot of this lyrically no comparison but purely from okay. an instrumental perspective father john misty did come to mind with some songs such as birdie uh, of pure comedy for example that's a very yeah, soft and have you have you looked into the writers on this is it one of those pop albums that have a lot of writers or is it mainly taylor swift i didn't comb through every single credit on here but i can tell you this much there are a lot of names. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean I a lot know. of names. Right. Saying that, a lot of pop music probably has this many people, if not more, just isn't no, credited. That's what I was wondering if, like, maybe Taylor Swift, this was a more personal album or mm. something. Well, but clearly she, not. She did write this in isolation. So most of this must have been done remotely, I'm guessing, which is actually quite okay. impressive, to be fair. But. 21st century oh so this is a lockdown album is this it? is a lockdown album right interesting so we'll, we'll get into that a bit more later because i like, i haven't heard any of these singles being blasted mainly because i don't go out yeah yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean there doesn't feel like that that push behind this album yeah absolutely as it were with her previous ones i was getting that and as i'm well, guessing yeah. that's because the budget was a lot smaller as well well yeah it must have been and also you know, this isn't the same formulaic stuff that we've been getting from Taylor Swift. And whether this album, you know, is revealed to be shit or amazing, however it is, it is different. And it's got that going for it. Yeah. Um, and there's probably like lot, a lot less riding on exactly. it being successful. Exactly. So going back to the album, I would say that the first track that actually caught my attention was track four. Exile with Bon Iver. I can see you standing, honey, with his arms around your body, laughing, but the joke's not funny at all. And it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it, holding all this love out here in the hall. I think I've seen this film before And I didn't like the ending You're not my homeland anymore so what Now, Bon Iver 
is huge. He's a huge artist. Yeah. And I personally really, really like him. I think he's an amazing singer. He's got one of the best ears for harmony um, that I've heard. And another reason I really like him, and probably the main reason, is his versatility as an artist. Not mm. only does he have a lot of really good solo work under his belt, which I'll be happy to discuss in a later episode, but he's also responsible for a lot of the incredible vocals and textures on albums including My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Jesus of all albums. So coming on to Taylor Swift's new indie folk record, you know, this is the same man that was on one of the most abrasive hated albums of 2013. And what we got was very different to what I was expecting because he right. comes in with a very, very low tone. Like he just hits you straight away with this really deep voice, which is very different to the falsettos that a lot of us are used to. You know, that's what you're hearing on Jesus and, and Twisted Fantasy is this huge harmonized falsetto voice. And it's extremely distinctive. And here, I've, I've not really heard him like this. Interesting. So I think that it works in the context of the song because it is a very big contrast to Taylor Swift's voice, which is obviously smooth, sugary. I wouldn't say that the song itself was anything mind-blowing. It was nice. It's nice for Fair what enough. it is. It's pretty, but <laughs> I wouldn't call it special. Yeah. So what, what was your favorite track on this album? My favorite track on this album was track eight, August. Track eight. Um, Tell me a bit about that. Right. There is one reason I like this song, um, and that is the hook. One of the biggest criticisms I have of this album is mm -hmm. just the lack of wow moments, you know? You know, the, okay. there's no, nothing, nothing stayed in my head. I didn't hate it. I thought it was all right, but it was a bit dull, and it, it was just putting me to sleep, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of times. But August has probably the best chorus, you know, the catchiest moment on this album. Still nothing mind-blowing, but I thought it was worth mentioning. It's got a really nice instrumental as well, and it sounds great. It looks it looks like this album's doing decent numbers, but I think mm. she's just that type of artist that... She absolutely is. ...can put anything out, and it will do that. Literally, yeah. She's... <laughs> that's that, yeah, nailed on the head, pretty much. She can release absolutely anything, and it will do well. And, you know, mm. her fans are fucking diehard. Yeah, it's a bit like the recent Eminem albums, I feel like, haven't oh, been great, but man. he's just got that kind Eminem of Eminem will always have people that He can't albums. have an album that fails. Ex yeah, exactly, exactly. I just want to quickly mention Seven, track Seven, I've just noticed. So, while I like the melody in the chorus on this, and this is a criticism I've never had of of an album before, I really don't like the tone of her voice. I think it's a really the... weird kind of compromise. I think the melody, you know, what she's written is great, but it just sounds so bland, you know. Describe her tone, like so. So it doesn't have any any spice or any tone or character to it, and I think that this is because of one of two reasons. It could be over-processing during the production process or it could just be how she was singing. So that's the chorus, but the song is ruined, in my opinion, not by the tone of her voice, but by the verse, which is just some really 
grating melodies and just not it, it feels like she's she's gone into that pop territory of her last album right and just not not the best i would have liked an instrumental version of this song because the instrumental sure. is is really great or if she gave the song to another artist right so so were there any other like really bad moments on here or was it fairly average well the thing is that there weren't any standout bad moments like even what even what i've just mentioned all the criticisms that i've already mentioned they're just mile and niggles i've got sure but they don't trash the album you know, they're, they're not terrible it's not like nav where mm. it's like oh my god this is actually eating away at <laughs> my soul i mean the song illicit affairs i i quite like that one i thought that had some really nice melodies um there was this really right. nice falsetto that she did every eight bars which i thought was really nice but you see it's, it's just little things like that that i just picked up on just because it's something that I, I can say she did but yeah. nothing here has actually done anything for me but Maybe that's because I don't have those many years of being a diehard Taylor Swift fan. Maybe if you are a diehard Taylor Swift fan, this will really hit you in the soul. Because this is feels music, if you want to get technical with the terminology. But a lot of these songs, so for example, Betty, my first time listening to this, I got to Betty and this was the point where where the last three and tracks... You, you were expecting Parcelu on here was like, oh man, she should have. <laughs> like, because Betty was the point at which I was just falling asleep. And those last yeah. those last three tracks, I was just like, oh, is it done? I wanted to like this. Because I think Taylor mm. Swift, you know, lover or hater, I would say she has her own lane within the pop world. She's a household name. Exactly, exactly. People following her footsteps rather than she just being a mindless industry trends follower yeah you know? i think she's so, she's been around oh, long enough to deserve that respect as a pop musician but this album yeah. just ain't just ain't hitting for me man i'm not gonna lie so overall is this an album you would recommend or stay away from i would say that it's worth a listen i would say that it's worth okay. a listen and i think that opinions on this album what, what you think of it is is really really going to vary because this has a lot of positive reception and I can absolutely see why I can absolutely mm. see why but I can also see why you might have the same view as me in that it's just a bit dull all the way through I think it has some really good songwriting moments um from a musical standpoint for example August I I think that hook's good but even then it's just it's just a decent hook it's nothing super memorable you know, lyrically, it's mostly just your classic heartbreak stuff and nothing stayed in my head. A lot of our other work, you know, is what it is because you just can't fucking get it out of your head. You know, they're just earworms, yeah. you know, but, but, but that wasn't the case on this album at any point. Were you disappointed by that? Did you want the, the catchy earworms? Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Um, but I, right. I, I knew that I wasn't going to get that based off what I'd heard of this album because I heard that it was sure. an indie folk album and I, I knew I wasn't going to get the catchy guilty pleasure pop bangers from many years ago mm. but I was still hoping for something that would you know really draw me in which this has failed to do I'll be honest you, you haven't convinced me to listen to the album Yeah, no, but it's I reckon if she does another album like this yeah. and 
like lyrically she improves melodically she improves all of that all of the criticisms you, you've mentioned yeah. if she, she takes this a step further mm. i think maybe that's something i can get into yeah absolutely but right now the the little i, I listen to it still seems tad too similar to her past work for me exactly and i say this with a lot of genres where artists try and cross over into other genres does it, does it feel like she's dipping her toes or she's fully taken the leap into the sound it feels it feels like she has taken the leap into the sound i would say right i'll give her that it doesn't feel half-assed if that's what you're asking however yeah. I've, I've said this with so many artists moving into different genres before but folk and indie is such a big genre and there are artists that are doing it so much better like there are so many albums out there mm. so many great albums of this exact sound so if you're not bringing anything new to the genre what's the point why, why would i listen yeah. to to taylor swift who you know where this isn't a fine folk album you know that super <laughs> super deep you know intricate storytelling or, or, or whatever you know whatever you want to listen yeah. to this kind of music for you know why would you listen to this album if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, that is, when there's mm. so much better shit you could be listening to? I say, well, I say I this about hip-hop, I say this about rock. You you could say this This is an argument for like making this kind of music more accessible, it being a gateway album, I guess. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I see your point. I just think like you've got a lot of pop listeners that won't, listen yeah. to, the, to the artists you've mentioned they might listen to this and be tempted you okay know? That's, that's a fair point that's, that's, that's a fair point that's like playing devil's advocate you know that's like seeing the positives no to be fair she has a lot of fans and if this album yeah. will broaden their musical horizons then I really can't say that's a bad thing so mm. okay this album has that going for it I, I will praise the fact that Taylor Swift is going in a different musical direction, you know, especially given the very fruitful career that she's enjoyed to date. However, I want to hear something much bolder, much sure. much bigger, you know, a, a grand statement, something something yeah. different, something that mm. you know, not different for Taylor Swift, but just different for for the listeners, you know. Anything to close up with? So, to conclude. I will say it's not like anything else in a back catalogue and it's all right for what it is. So with that, I will give this a six and a half out of ten. Very nice. Okay, let's let's wrap it up there. Nice. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you there. Bye.